Paradox, a podcast about friendship, personalities, and everything in between. I'm Stephanie. I'm passionately dedicated to my close circle. My family and best friends know me best, and as an introvert, I'm likely to keep it that way. And I'm Brianna. I'm a people person with a very large network. It's dizzying to most, and especially to my introverted BFF. (laughs) Join us this season as we dive into relationships. From dating and romance to friendships and family, both the blood and chosen types, we will explore it all. Hi, Steph. So, welcome to our third season. <laughs> this season, we are talking all about relationships from the romantic to the platonic. And in our first episode of season three, we're digging into the nitty gritty of everyone's favorite topic besides me dating. You're so funny <laughs> for what it's worth. I'm very glad that dating in the sense you're talking about, which is like meeting a new potential partner, it was totally exhausting and it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I I have a similar sentiment. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just the thing about dating is like, it's just a game of luck. Yeah. And the people who found their person pretty easy and easily means like you didn't you're not like in your mid-30s like I am and still dating you just got lucky but like it cannot like when you you're still dating in your mid-30s it doesn't really feel that way it feels like you did something way wrong and like that's why you're still here but I won't get too existential on this episode hopefully it's okay we can we can break it down and destigmatize a little bit yeah I love that so we're going to go into the highs, the lows, the funny stories, the horror stories, all of that. We're going to talk about it all. But first, we need to do a little bit of a life update because it has been quite a while since we've recorded. Well, since we've released an episode. Actually, it hasn't been quite a while since we recorded one because we're recording these a little early. The secret behind the scenes. Oh, no. Like right now, it's 2023. But right now, right now. It's still 2022. <laughs> it was like, actually, re it's 2022. Oh, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes. It's 2023 for you, but it's still 2022 for us. Yeah. We don't even know what 2023 is going to look like at all. So talk about existential. I know. <laughs> all right. Let's do a life update. Brie, tell us what is going on in your world. Well, since we're still in 2022 land in reality, I started physical therapy. Yes. So hopefully I will be done with physical therapy by the time this episode drops. What a good milestone. And hopefully driving again. That is, right now we're like trying to take bets. (laughs) Will Brianna be driving before 2023? Ooh, that's a fun bet. Like we can all bet like what day you will get to start driving. What day will you take your first drive? I don't know, but I might cry. Tears of joy. It's been a process, but I'm like more than halfway through. We're doing it. So that's my life update. We are definitely feeling progress. That's awesome because I know there was so, such a long time where you were just like in the healing stage where you really couldn't do anything. You couldn't walk. You were just stuck on your couch, basically on your crutches And, like, you probably just felt like this process is taking forever and I'm just never going to, like, what is walking? I'm never going to do it again. (laughs) You know those moments when you're really panicked or embarrassed and time seems to stand still? Yes. It's like that in perpetuity until it's not. Yeah. And now you're here. You're in, like, this space and just imagine where you will be when people are actually listening to this podcast episode. I will be driving myself around town. That's what I'm manifesting into the universe. I am manifesting it with you. It will happen. What's going on with you? Okay, my life update. I wanted to talk about running of the wieners. 
text message i got oh my god she was like the she was literally the first person i texted when this happened so running of the wieners is a race with all dachshunds you have to be like a purebred dachshund to participate it is run by an event called dog toberfest which actually actually happens in november but you know you got to go with the the timing but the name the name has to work so it's called Doctoberfest. it's run by one of our local animal welfare agencies so the whole point is to get dogs adopted but one of the events they do there is running of the wieners and i have been attending this event i figured it out i've been attending for a full decade Oh my god. I know. I mean, when I think about it now though, like we've been friends for eight years. That's crazy. Just about. And for as long as I've known you, you've gone every year. Yeah. So I used to go with my dog Dutch who died in 2018. So we were going with him. He never won a race. We just wanted him to get to the finish line. They break the dogs into age categories and they all have sausage related category names. So this year, Chip, who's my, my mom has two dogs since that's why I went to this. So Chip, who is four, or is he five? No, I think he's four. He's turning five. I never remember how old he is, even though he's the same age as my cats, but like, I don't know. We're going to call him four. He was placed in the Feisty Franks division. That is so cute. I know. And then we also, she also, my mom also has a dog named Lucy, who is one. So she was in the Little Lynx division. Oh my God. It's so cute. They also and then have, when Dutch competed, he was in the Senior Sausages, He was right? a Senior Sausage. Yeah. So that was like my little name for him. He Yeah. So any of the dogs who are over age 10 are Senior Sausages. And they have baby brats for the under ones. So there's like really cute names for them. Anyway, we've been going for a decade. Nobody has ever won. We just want them to find the finish line. Chip got second place this year. And it was so exciting. He got a big trophy. And he got a little winner's ribbon. And he got $50 to PetSmart. Which my mom was so cute because she was like, this is going to things that Chip wants. We're not using this on food or anything like that. It is what <laughs> Chip wants. <laughs> it's so cute. That is so adorable. I know. I'm like, Chip, you get to go to your, your little shopping spree at PetSmart and whatever you put your nose up at, you get. We'll just put it in the cart for you. That's really adorable. Lucy did pretty good too, right? <laughs> yes. Lucy came in like second or third. When I looked very closely at the video at the end, I noticed that she 100% bumped the other dog out of the way to get second place. And I was like, yeah, that's Lucy. She looks cute and innocent, but she's a bit of a bully. She's 100% a bully to Chip. And it was funny because in Chip had to run. So he won his heat and there was, they ran two heats for the Feisty Franks division because they had like 10 dogs, I think. And so the two winners of those heats faced off to find out who was get to the finals. And the other dog kept trying to like put, like he kept trying to distract Chip basically. That's funny. And that's what he, the dog was doing what Lucy does all the time to Chip. And it was, we were just like, this is so funny. Cause Chip was just like, I have trained for this. Like <laughs> you cannot distract me. I am getting to the finals. So it's just a really cute event we go to and it's fun to see all the dachshunds and he got second place. I'm so proud. I know. I'm just like Chippy. Good job, little chipper. Yeah. So that is my love life update. Just dogs. Dogs are the best. So Amen. All animals. Animals are better than people. Absolutely. I was almost going to say if I could date an animal, but I think that would be weird. Just I don't want to date an animal. But I sometimes they're easier to snuggle and love on than people are. So anyway, let us dig into the heart of today's episode, which is dating, as we said. 
So I first want to talk through our dating histories. So Brie, you're married, as we have established, dating in the sense of going on dating apps and finding love that way to find your partner is in the past for you. But we know you go on dates with your husband. But like, <laughs> let's talk about dating to find a partner Yes, is in the past. So before you met Sean, what was dating like for you? Oh, my God. Not to out myself as a horn dog, but <laughs> we'll just be honest and frank with each other. I was boy crazy from a young age. So in high school, I was known as the serial dater. Frankly, I like went on a date with a lot of boys. I mean, I wasn't like willy nilly all out there, but I went on a lot of dates. I loved boys. I just, I was like hormonal like. and boy crazy. I, I make no excuses for myself. I did nothing wrong. I followed my hormones. <laughs> Nature did its thing. I dated a lot. I averaged like two boyfriends here. Wow. Yeah, I really, you know, within the confines of the city I lived in and via the activities I did. So while most were within my high school, I was in theater programs. So I like had ways of meeting friends and boys at other local high schools. So it wasn't necessarily confined to just my high school. I, with my large social network, I my spread my wings a little bit and then in college I had three serious boyfriends so about a boyfriend a, a year boyfriend a year okay wow I don't mean it like, doesn't wow. quite average out that way one was one year yeah number two is one year and then number three was two years and then post-grad I dated via apps no longer had school and social networks to meet people because I was new to the Tampa Bay area. So I went to dating apps. I did do the thing they tell you not to do, which is date someone in the workplace. But Oh, yeah, I remember this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now I'm getting into like when I knew Brie and yeah. what she was doing, which was uh, too. I dated someone in a different department, so it didn't ultimately interfere with work at all. I'd say if I did it, I did it a pretty mature way. Yes, I still remember the day. Like, you came over. I think we were going to, like, a book club or something. And you came over to my apartment. And we were, like, working before we went to book club. And you told me. And you're just like, this is not good. But I don't care. Not like I don't care. But, like, I'm just following my heart. And I'm, like, enjoying this. So, And it was enjoyable and whatever. That didn't work out. And then on second round of the dating apps, I met Sean and our first date was April 27th of 2015 wow I believe it's the 27th now I'm questioning myself but I know it was late (laughs) April and I'm pretty certain it's the 27th it was a raise game and I left a book club early to go to that date wow ditched her friends ditched her friends no i went and hung out with my (laughs) friends and a couple hours into it i was like all right i'm gonna go because i've got a date ended up being a very good date and i've been dating him ever since (laughs) a couple years after that we got engaged and a couple years after that we got married and we just celebrated our fourth wedding anniversary yay and that is my dating history I love it. And I also remember when you pulled Sean's profile up on like OkCupid or maybe you had like a photo of him or something and you were like, I really like this guy. I Isn't he so cute? Like look at him and it was just like, oh, my little braver. And it just, it worked. And here you are now. Here I am now. Okay, let's dig into my dating history because I know I was saying, wow, and oh my God, when Brie was talking about like, oh, I dated like two guys a year. I would date three guys in college and I'm not judging her. I'm just comparing it to my story and I'm like, wow, this is going to be real sad for people to listen to. Not sad. I bet it's going to be a moment where people are going to realize their experience is not that different from other people's experience. I hope so. Okay, so here are 
two things you should know about me. First, I grew up in a very evangelical, conservative Christian environment where like purity culture was the thing. So you didn't date, you courted people and you only really courted one person who was going to be your future husband. Like that's all you did. So there's that. There was also, I am insanely shy and I was so much more shy when I was in high school and college, like so shy and terrified of rejection. So there's all of that. (laughs) I want to preface all of that with, I didn't date at all in high school or in college at all. I didn't date a single person. I mean, I went, I shouldn't say that. I did go on one date with someone, but that was, that was it. That was all of the dating I did in high school and in college. I didn't start dating in the modern sense we do it now until I was out of college. So I was in my early 20s. I was like, it's time to put myself out there, find my future husband. So I was on all of the dating apps, all of them. Let's go through it. Okay, Cupid, Plenty of Fish, Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, Coffee Meets Bagel, Match, Christian Mingle, which is quite that. Why did you do that to yourself? I don't know. All of it. I feel like I've been on just about every dating app there is at this point. I mean, maybe so, because I was on a bunch of those, but some didn't exist when I was using Mm -hmm. the apps. Like, for example, Bumble. Yeah. Came out or became popular after I was done with apps. Yeah. That's like really a lot of options. Yeah. And like we could get into that would be a whole conversation, but there are so many options now, which is kind of why dating sucks because everyone has more options than they really need. So I've been on a lot of apps. I've been dating a lot. I've never really had a long-term relationship. I have a lot of little little relationships that have been fun. And I will say that when I'm comfortable around a person and things are going well and I just feel good, dating is really fun. I'm like, oh, this is why people do this. This is fun. It's fun to get to know someone. It's fun to like get all to just like snuggle with somebody and kissies and all of that. It's just fun. And it's fun to go on dates and go see like the city around us and go on to these restaurants and figure out dating like just the whole process of dating can be fun when you find the right person the problem is that happens so rarely for me that when it does happen I get obsessive about the person where I'm just like oh my god this is my person like this is so much fun I never want this to end I love this so and then things end and then I go I spiral for a little bit and then I have to be off the apps for a while the other thing is just like as an introvert dating just takes a lot out of me it's even messaging someone on a dating app takes is really exhausting and it just it just takes a lot of work to date There's a lot of messaging and coming up with date ideas and texting with the person can just be like the texting part of dating is just very exhausting for me because I'm not a great texter. Like usually just not somebody who like texts a lot. I've never been that way. And like when you're dating someone, you need to be texting them in a sense, like not, you know, every other minute but you do need to be like keeping up with them through text so it's such a modern problem it is like this was never something people like my grandparents had to deal with even our parents or our parents yeah like this honestly even my cousins like one generation older almost didn't really have that constant connectivity yeah like my aunts and uncles like never had to go through this they just well they didn't have the dating app so it's just like okay you find somebody like in church or through a friend or something and like you you don't have like what's funny is to watch episodes of friends because friends took place in that time where you didn't have cell phones so you would just like there's a one episode 
I forget who was involved, but they didn't show up for the date and there was a whole reason behind it, but they couldn't just like text the person or it's like, do you call the restaurant? Do you call them at home? So then you leave an answer, like a message on their answering machine. So yeah, so it's just like even people who are dating probably the generation before us had a completely different experience. And I might have had a different experience if I had gotten married in my early 20s because dating apps were were a thing, but texting wasn't as big as it is now, I don't think. Anyway, so yeah, so I am still dating. I'm on and off, off the apps a lot. I went through a breakup last year and I really haven't gone on a date since because that relationship was really wonderful and it was a sucky for it to end and it was just the sort of thing where I had to take a lot of time to myself afterwards and now I'm like trying to get back into it but then I message with people and it's annoying (laughs) so it's just like easier not to be on the apps but anyway that's where I am that's my dating history it's forever going on but maybe one day I can stop being on the apps I mean I could stop now but if I wanted to find somebody I probably need to be on the apps unless you go through one of the more traditional methods but that is a we're talking a lot of effort and in a very different way yeah I like that's always the goal is to find somebody like through a friend or while you're at the grocery store you just find somebody or the bookstore like that real a meet cute that you want but it's not actually reality for most of us so that is that that is dating for me so let's talk about dating in general for us first let's go into what were some of your least favorite parts of dating oh <laughs> I would say the discomfort of the same questions. Yes. Because usually just about every first date, especially like from the apps, like where we didn't meet through like an event or some sort of commonness, like we shared a class together in college, for example, right. or we had a mutual friend and could talk about like other topics. It's usually like, oh, what do you do for work? What do you do for fun? What do you like to eat? It's very exhausting. Yeah. It is. It's like very meeting new people, whether friendly or like to try and have a romantic connection is super exhausting. So I really don't like that. The other thing that drove me nuts and I set up a system for myself to like (laughs) deal with it was people think that they can lie because they are behind a screen. Ooh, what? Yeah, there's a lot of, and, and not even just the height. Like, I can get past, like, yeah, you know, they say they're six feet and they're really 5'10". Like, yeah. when you meet in person, it's like, you exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Bet there's something else you might exaggerate about, too. <laughs> that was mean. That was mean. Low globery. <laughs> Come on. All right. Like, they can be very flirty and conversational and cute when they have that screen, mm-hmm. like, for texting. But then in real life, they're, like, they can't hold a conversation yeah. Or they're kind of weird. Like, you don't get that creep factor necessarily through, like, tone of texting. That's, like, the one thing that, like, the digital dating is, you know, there's risk. There's more. There's, like, inherent risk in it. And, like, you meet them and then, like, they're, like, weirdly clingy or, Mm -hmm. like, just it's uncomfortable. And so I battled that by having a safe word to text my dad if I was in a date that I wanted to get out of. Mm -hmm. Because how else do you, I mean, you go out to dinner with someone and you just feel utterly uncomfortable. Yes. And there's the difference between boring and uncomfortable. So I want to like put that out there. I mean, like someone really gives you the creeps, like you've got an off vibe, not just that like they're boring and they have nothing interesting to say. Yeah. So I would text my dad that word and then I would get a phone call that there's a family emergency and I need to leave right now. You have to go. I have to go. You have to. Because I can turn on fake hysterics. (laughs) You were in theater. Yeah, I was in drama club. So I 
to deal with that. Like I totally had that. So that I would say that's my least favorite part of dating. Yeah. The messages on dating apps, that is definitely something that I just get tired of. And I don't even know if this is like an extrovert thing because an extrovert, an introvert thing. Bree just gave me a look like, hey, you're not an extrovert. Don't try to join <laughs> our go. I don't know if it's an introvert thing, but like, I don't want to start a conversation with like, hi, how are you? I think that's like every, like most people who are like serious about being on a dating app, nobody wants to, like, that's such a boring way to start a conversation. And I want to just know about your life. But yeah, like some of it is just like, I wish I could have like a one sheet. Everyone has like a little one sheet like the that you put on your and that's like, this is what I do for a living. This is what my family, this is my family looks like. These are my hobbies. This is my favorite restaurants to go to. Just like, here it is. We don't need to ask these questions now. See, that's why I liked OkCupid. And that is the mm-hmm. app I met Sean on because the profile is basically set up that way. Yeah. And the reason why I responded to Sean's first message to me was because it was apparent he read it. Yes. And then his first message to me was about content on my profile. Right. Yes. So he had like an actual conversation starter instead of just a hi or you've got a pretty smile or mm-hmm. I like your eyes or something really grotesque. Those yeah. were the worst. Yeah. It's like that's I don't know who responds. Like I know some people do, but I just like women and just like people want to have a conversation with you that's why the majority of people who are serious about being on these apps they want to have a conversation they want to like learn more about the person and not in a very like superficial way not a hi how are you not a you're pretty nothing like that like what am I supposed to say to that thank you but how does that move the conversation so there's that. There's just people who don't know how to make conversations. So they'll respond to all of your questions, but they'll never ask any follow-up questions that not aren't following up on the question you asked. Like, hey, where's your favorite place to go to dinner? And then they'll just ask you the same question. And I'm just like, okay, I'll answer that. But now you have to ask me a question. This is probably why I don't do well on dating apps because I... I just not just you. Yeah, I mean, I that's just, like a common problem. Ugh, it drives me crazy. <laughs> One thing from the book, How to Not Die Alone, which I talked about, I think, in season one or season two, is one of my obsessions because it's such a great book, which we'll link in the show notes again. One of the things that the author mentions for dating apps is to fill out, make your profile conversational. So put things in your profile that somebody could ask a question about, either you have like a fun picture and you have a fun prompt to go along with that picture or it's just something you respond to it you something you have written in your profile or a question you've even proposed in your profile there's just all these different ways you can set up your profile to be interesting and make conversation through that profile where I want to know somebody looked at that and like wants to know more about something I said so that's just something I've been trying to do is just like set up my profiles to be conversational and like make like have people ask questions from that I also said as I said texting the whole texting figuring out people's texting styles very annoying don't I do not like it I do not like people who think you need to respond to text messages like super quick because Stephanie what do you mean you can't answer my text message in the middle of the work day? Oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, I can't just stop the meeting I'm in and respond to your text message immediately. And it's just like, guys, we need to, guys, the royal guys. We people. Just, people. Like, like how Phil says, people. People. We need to just recognize that everyone has different texting styles and not follow up every like every message you send with like question marks if they haven't answered in an appropriate time that drives me crazy so there's that there's obviously like feeling uncomfortable or dates dates that go south really quickly it's just like like that's not even like feeling 
creeped out. It's just like, oh no, I know this isn't going to work out, but I have to be on this date for another hour. Ugh. And then the last thing I would probably say is like, sometimes I feel like I hide who I am a little bit just to make myself seem more approachable and friendly and like somebody they would like to date. So I hide like some of my political opinions or like who I am, my introversion or stuff like that. So I don't like that I do that. I'm in therapy. I'm working on it, guys. <laughs> Proud of you. Thank you. Okay, so those are our least favorite. I wanted to start with the bummer notes. And then let's go into our favorite parts of dating. What do you love about dating then and now? I mean, for what it's worth, I do enjoy getting to know people. I find people to be fascinating. I do enjoy that bit. I loved it for trying new things like new activities or new restaurants. Yeah. So I really enjoyed the new new. <laughs> so that was, that was really enjoyable for me. And now I use it as a time to disconnect from all other stressors and happenings and connect with my husband. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, some of my favorite parts, I kind of mentioned it before, like, it's really fun when you can make that strong emotional connection with someone mm -hmm. and you just feel like things are clicking and working and you find that person that like, oh, I actually want to spend time with you, which is very rare for me because I'm just somebody who is already thinking about when I can leave when I go to a first date. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, I got to be here for like two hours-ish maybe. So it's nice when I make that emotional connection with someone where I feel comfortable and like talking to them and talking to them is easy. It's not always the case with everyone. So I love that. I also love getting out and doing other new things around the Tampa Bay area. There's so much to do. There's so many restaurants that I haven't even been to, but I find it's very fun to do that stuff in on a date and be able to learn more about the person in a, like a different way. That's another thing that <laughs> and how not to die alone, which I probably will just continue to reference that book. It's it was, a good book. It was a great book for me. It's just like to not do traditional dates, especially in those early like when you're in those like first, second, third dates, it's very common to do a traditional coffee or drink or dinner. And she really stresses that like do something that's going to be active. That's going to make you like you guys went to a raise game. We that's raise very non-traditional. It gave us a thing to do when there mm -hmm. were natural lulls in the conversation. Yeah. So like we would talk about a topic and then we could literally take a break and watch mm -hmm. the game. Yeah. And then we could chat a little bit and then we could take a break and go get a drink mm -hmm. and go get food. So that really helped. And actually, some of my more memorable first dates were to events. Yeah. I went on a date before Sean to the Sugar Sand Festival in Clearwater, which is like a sandcastle building mm -hmm. festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really neat because it gave us an outdoor activity to do and it was safe because there's a lot of other people right, around. Yeah. And it was during the day. So all the nerves were out, mm -hmm. out, out of my system quickly. It, like Dates like that are great. Yeah. Yeah. I love just doing something that's going to be different. Yeah. Uh, I went on a first date or maybe it was the second date where we did axe throwing that's fun. Which might seem very scary to do with somebody you don't know that well. But there are people there making sure they're not throwing an axe at you. That'd be a, God, that would be an interesting, like, serial killer. Takes people on dates to, like, axe places. Stephanie, don't uh -oh. give anyone. Uh -oh. Anyway, yeah, so I went, like, axe throwing and that was fun. And then just, like, other things like mini golf. I love mini golf because it can really tell people a lot about who they are as a person, which considering how I acted the last time I went mini golfing, and this was with Brie and Amber, 
probably not something I should be showing somebody early in a date because I am a little, a little, a little bit on the competitive side. But you know that's a quality that people like, right? <laughs> I hope so, because I was just like, I need to apologize to them because I was a bit of a brat. But it is who I am, and hopefully, maybe it was just like I feel so comfortable with you guys that I feel like I can be my bratty self with you when I'm <laughs> like that. Anyway, yeah, so just it's fun to like do new things. And I think that's what I like about dating. So I think I, we covered it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about first dates, though, because I had a thought when you were talking about some of the first dates you went on. And while they seem really fun, I can see myself getting so caught up in the logistics of like, okay, I'm going to a race game. Where am I going to park? Like, where are we going to meet? Like, is it, am I going to be uncomfortable? Like, in the seats or something like there's so many parts of the logistical like and then like the sandcastle thing is just like okay how what is parking gonna look like where where are we gonna meet am i gonna like fi- like how am i gonna find them blah 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 and it's just like i mean you probably covered like some of that when you were making your plans but i can see myself getting very like caught up in figuring out the logistics of a date that's not we're going to a restaurant or we're going to go get drinks at this bar I've been to a bunch of times. So, but let's talk about you. Okay. Enough about me. <laughs> How do you feel leading up to a first date? I would say earlier in dating, I was like super, super, super nervous. But after you go on enough first dates, <laughs> and I've been on a lot of first dates, oh boy, a lot of those nerves kind of go away at least for me they did I I didn't really get like big time nerves anymore there's a little bit of that like anticipatory butterfly in your stomach kind of thing so so there's that element and not a big deal element for me same thing with logistics so leading up to it like my my method of operation is working through those logistics so if I was ever asked what would you like to do? I literally would just say the thing I wanted to do. Oh, smart. I mean, the, I don't know, what do you want to do? Conversation just doesn't work for yeah. me. I would just like make a decision. A lot of times the person on the other end was very impressed with that. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sure you can make a decision. And especially it's like, because like, you date men. I think it's probably like, oh, I don't have to make that decision. That's nice because they're probably used to women just being like, I don't know. Just, what do you, you want to do? Yeah. So like, it's probably nice that to meet somebody who's like decisive and like, this is what, let's do this. Probably exactly precisely. <laughs> <laughs> so I would just like say the thing I wanted to do and then we would decide on a date and a time and who would do what, like, oh, I'll buy the tickets if it was like a ticketed event ahead of time, whatever. And then I always drove myself. Yeah. I do not want anyone picking me up and knowing remotely where I live. Exactly. Not until several dates in when I would consider us dating and in a relationship. So no, you may not come pick me up. I will meet you there. As neurotic as that sounds, it's also safe. And safe is good. So that's kind of the lead up. Yeah, for me, I just feel, I think it's, it's happening less and less, but I do have a, in the early times when I was dating, it was terrified, like, I almost said terrification. That's not a word. <laughs> Dr. Seuss says you can make words. Okay. So you can make, you can make <laughs> Yeah, so I was just like super scared and just so many nerves driving to the first date place wherever we decided to go I just I had to like really tell myself that I could not turn the car around and just go home because I wanted to do that every single time (laughs) these days I'm less nervous I'm more just kind of dreading it because it's more like this is two or three hours out of my day Am I going, is this going to lead anywhere? And if it doesn't, then this was a waste, which I know technically isn't. But like now I do like that I'm confident enough in myself 
and who I am and who I what I bring to the table as in a relationship that I'm like, listen, you get to go on a date with me and I am pretty awesome and you would be lucky to date me. But so I have that where it's kind of like I'm like interviewing them where I'm like, but are you like good enough to date me is what I'm looking at, which I'm glad I have that. I mean, I don't like outwardly present like that, but I do like feel that I am somebody that people should want to date, which is a place I wasn't at even a few years ago. So it's, let's just say it guys, therapy is amazing. (laughs) And it has really gotten me to a place where I understand myself so much better and understand the, what I bring to the table. That's good. Yeah. Okay. What is your ideal first date? A theme park, which was our third, (laughs) which was mine and Sean's third date. Our first one was the baseball game. And we enjoyed our, each other's company so much that we extended that date and went for dinner after the game. So that was, that was like my sign. We weren't ready for the date to end. Whereas usually I'm like ready to go. Our second date was kayaking off the Dunedin Causeway. Oh my God. And we enjoyed each other's company so much doing that. We went to lunch. And then after lunch, I think we, we, that was it for us for, for that date. No. Yeah. Am I confusing my dates? I think maybe second date was... I am confusing it. That was an early date, but second date was actually Cigar City Brewery. And we were enjoying each other's company. We went to dinner after, and it was the NFL draft. Oh, okay. Okay. And then it was Bush Gardens. Enjoyed each other's company so much. We each went home, got changed, and like showered, and went out to dinner after a full day at a theme park. And then the fourth date was Dunedin Causeway with lunch after. And so we kept doing this thing where it was an active activity. Yeah. We enjoyed each other's company so much. We then went on what is a quote unquote traditional date of like a meal. And then we like called it quits. That sounds so fucking exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) It was, but But when you're enjoying someone's company, like... I just, like, I feel like I've never been, I shouldn't say that. There have been a few relationships where I feel like I could, the date could go on forever. But, like, usually I am, I'm good after, like, the active activity. I'm like, okay, this was fun, but now I'm ready to go home. But that, like, really shows, I'm sure that was not every date you ever went on where it was like, let's spend the whole day together. So, like, some dates I was like, oh, my God, where is the check? Yeah. And, like, even, like, I don't want to say that for, like, some people might have had those dates with, like, somebody they're married to now where it's just, like, okay, those first couple of dates were rough and, like, thing, I was just, like, ready to go. But, like, we decided to keep going. I have, a like, a friend I know through blogging who, like, basically told me that where she was just, like, I didn't really like him at first, but, like, I kept going on dates with him and now they've been married for a number of years. And it's That's just, funny. like... Yeah, it's just, like, so it's an interesting perspective, too. Like, you might you might have those dates that you went on where it's just, like, we spend all this time together because we're just enjoying each other's company so much and we're having fun together. So let's extend the date. But just because you're not doing that doesn't mean your relationship isn't ready to go to that next level or whatever. And I will add on to that because what you just said, you know, sparked this thought for me. I'm glad we kept going on dates. I mean, the first few were, like, really, like, outrageous. Like, no one does, you know, dates every few weeks, like, quite to that level of involvement, right? But there were dates where I had to learn about who he was and how he functioned. Yeah. So there was a dinner date where he was on his phone a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's, like really not cute like he should be paying attention (laughs) to me but I learned you know he was in a very people facing job and he was Mm -hmm. peopled out and that's like almost like a coping mechanism right like when he needs to chill out and like calm down and whatever 
that's a way he relaxes. Yeah. And so it made sense, but I would have only known that like by continuing to date him and like dealing with that little pet peeve, if you will, like and yeah. understanding, oh, it actually serves a function. Yeah, he's not like, like trying to be rude. He's just done. Yeah, exactly. But didn't want to cancel the date with me. Right. Yeah. But he like felt like that's a big thing for an introvert who's like peopled out who would still like go on the date with you. Because like sometimes if that happened to me, I would just be like, I, I can't. I'm going to cancel a state. So that just speaks that he, with introverts, there are people who like don't drain our batteries as much. Like I can spend all day with certain people and I'm good. Like I'm not like my battery isn't drained. I don't feel like I'm, I need to like go home and recharge. So you were probably getting to that level with him where he was just like, I don't feel drained being around her, but I am drained. Yes. <laughs> just being around other people. So I'm using this coping mechanism. There you go. Yeah. That's a hard so. word. So, I mean, uh, my ideal first date, a lot of people disagree with, but I have a reason. Okay. So my but... ideal first date is always dinner. I like doing dinner. I like it because I've mentioned this in other podcast episodes there I need a structure to things and dinner has a structure there's a start there's an end you have your appetizer you finish with dessert like you know I know when this date is going to end so if it's terrible I just know know I have to get to there (gasps) that is actually brilliant yeah and if it's going well then it's like okay after dinner let's usually I'll go like most times if I'm doing dinner it's usually downtown because there's just so many great places and then it's like okay let's go for a walk after dinner and like continue the state but like I don't ever need to extend a date too much usually especially that first date I just kind of want to get to know them and like in an easy setting and something else Logan talks about we're on a first name basis me and Logan talks about in our book is just like having that go-to first date spot especially for people who are like on the apps and dating is just like have that spot where like you know the restaurant you what the parking situation is like you know how long it takes you to get there you don't have to worry about the all the logistics of getting to like a new place you can just like okay this is what I need to do I go here and I'm good now here's my pitch is like I want us to have this is kind of like heteronormative but let's just go with it I want there to be like a a bar that's like run by women and it's like all first dates go there, but the men don't know that this is a first date spot. Only the women do. (laughs) And like you can order like, I think this happens at certain bars where you can order like a specific drink. And if you order that drink, like the bartenders know like SOS, this person needs help or like they're in a bad date or something, but like you can order a drink like they know, or maybe there's like, a panic button under the table that only the women know. And like everyone goes there and everyone knows like it's just like this first date spot and like we all are in this together. Anyway, that's my pitch to Logan after hearing about our first date spot. Anyway, I love I love just dinner. It's easy when it's like drinks. I'm not much of a drinker, so it's hard for me to, I mean, I'll drink, but like, I don't really have any like go-to spots that I would want to go to. And then with coffee, not everyone drinks coffee. And then that can also be sort of like that, not a structure, there's no structure to that. So it could be, what do we do after this? And if even, it's just like this weird thing where like, even if I do want to extend the date and I'm having a good time, sometimes I'm just like, I'm in my mode where I just like, I told myself I just have to go to coffee and then I can go home and take a nap. So like, even if I'm having a good time, I still just like, I'm done. Yeah. So yeah, that's my thoughts on first dates. At least my ideal first date, I should say. Let's talk about when first dates go really well and you want to continue going on dates with this person, aka Sean. So how do you know when a first date will lead to more dates. It was the same for me every time, even like pre-Sean. Like there are other people I went on multiple dates with. Mm -hmm. I always wanted the date to go longer. Mm -hmm. Often the other person agreed to do the longer. And we planned the second date 
while on the first date. That is so smart. I've never thought about doing that. Like, I really enjoyed my time with you. It was an awesome day. I'd like to do it again. Would you like to plan something? Every time I've had that conversation, it's been yes. I like that because you're not, like, waiting for that, like, text at the end of the night and, like, for them to, like, say when they're free, you're, like, already planning this and you're, like, upfront about what you want. And I think that's so smart. Exactly. And, man, planning something is so much easier when both people can look at their calendars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Especially when you're a Brie and you have a lot going on in your life. (laughs) All right, all right. But it, it's it's true. So that's that's how I know. Yeah, that's like the same for me. For me, it's like if I'm sad about the date ending and I'm I want to spend more time with this person, and we just had fun conversation and it felt easy to be around them. That's when I know I'm ready to like continue dating this person. I'd never do the let's plan a second date on the first date. I might like steal that from you because that's genius because it just like ends the date in such a positive way where you're not like worrying wondering like hey I enjoyed this but I don't know if they want to go on a second date with me and if you ask it it really puts them on the spot in mm-hmm. front of you there is no ghosting yeah like if oh, they really exactly. didn't if they didn't enjoy themselves be like oh let me think about it yeah like yeah, they you'll get some kind of off. response like that and that is all the mm-hmm. the information you need exactly Okay, we're still talking about first dates, and I want to know if you have any first date horror stories that you want to tell us about. I wouldn't say it's a horror story, and it's going to make me sound like a bad person, but I'm going (laughs) to share it anyway. So I went on a first date with a gentleman who did the lying thing about his height, but he was short, like my height. Mm. so that's how i knew he lied so (laughs) So that was problem number one and then problem number two and the reason why it was a problem is because it wasn't disclosed to me he had a notable speech impediment Hmm. if he had just been upfront about it it wouldn't have bothered me but because he wasn't upfront about it on the date it was really hard to communicate and I would like I would have done something different that would have been easier and less pressure for him to have a conversation where being nervous made it worse than like dinner like I would have done an activity with that particular person or whatever but I just felt like so much information especially because he also lied about his height so it's like what else are you hiding from me right exactly so I didn't like so it was not like a horror story per se but it was just like that was like one of my least favorite dates because i was just like oh yeah and then you're just getting through it because like i said i would have had no problem with it it was just like so you lied about your height and you lied about having a job and you lied about you know this that the other thing it's like you didn't disclose to me that you know when you're nervous speaking is literally almost impossible for you like i don't know how to help the situation yeah, like that's something that can be brought up in a way that's just like, hey, by the way, this thing is something that happens when I get really nervous. And you could have said like, okay, how do we, is there a way I can help to, yeah. is there a certain like date spot or a certain like date you, that like would make you comfortable so we can have a conversation? Stuff like that could have been helpful. Yeah. So not a horror story, but it was one of those things where it's like, that's like one of the things with, you know, digital dating. Yeah. Is you don't know until you get there. Yes, absolutely. What about Um, you? You you got a horrific (laughs) dating story for me? I have a couple of like interesting dating experience, we'll say. I don't think I've ever like been on something that's like so horrible that like, I need it to go away forever. Yeah, like never been attacked, never been assaulted, <laughs> no, like no, nothing crazy, like bad, nothing, bad. <coughs> nothing bad like that has ever happened, thankfully. 
I did go on. This was a second date I went on and I had him pick me up. And this was when Bri- you and I were living together. But I had him pick me up like outside the apartment complex. So he didn't know exactly what building I lived in and what apartment. But he picked me up and we went on the date and he was texting with his friends throughout the date and invited them to come on our date and crash it. He was like, you're okay with this, right? I was like, I didn't know what to say. I was just like, this, like, this was, you know, many years ago now. I think today I would have been like, no, (laughs) this is not okay. And then they didn't end up crashing the date but they did end up going to his car and like sticking one of the guys just like sticking his butt cheeks on his window like front windshield all over it and like messing with his car and I just like I felt unsafe in a way just getting in there because I was just like this is just weird and like what what else did they mess with and I was just like ready to go home. And That's just gross. It is. It's just like what? What? I'm not here to date somebody like this who like has. I mean, your friends are your friends, but like to just like invite them and knowing who they are. Like you can't have those friends who are kind of crazy, and you're just like this is who they are. Like, but I'm not gonna invite them on a, the second date I'm on with this woman, and. I was very upfront with him because he thought the date went well. He was like, we had a great date, didn't we? And I had to be really upfront with him, which I don't like doing. It's hard for me. I'm an Enneagram 9, obviously. And I had to be just very like, the everything that happened was not okay. And like, you need to know that for future dating, for future people you date, because this was not fun for me and I didn't enjoy this. And you were on your phone the whole time, just like texting your friends and like inviting them to come on the date with us. And then they like came to the restaurant because they messed with your car. So that was just a mess. And then the other date I'll mention is one that's kind of book club likes to talk about (laughs) because this (laughs) happened. Like I think it was the day before we had my 30th birthday celebration And I went on a hike with a guy. And by hike, I mean, we live in Florida. It is flat. It is just a very flat walk for like 30 minutes. And he brought a camelback with like the camelback like backpack where you that like actual real hikers or people who are running like 20 miles (laughs) use and he filled it with orange juice, which just didn't make sense to me. That had to be a bitch to clean out because I have those backpacks yeah. from when I went on that very big hiking trip in the Southwest through na- yeah. like eight different actual national hiking. parks. Yeah, actual hiking, like with elevation. They're not meant for sugary drinks. No. Because there's like just... hoses and knobs yeah. and a baggie you've got to clean out. That's kind of gross. Yeah, it was just like, I was just like, what is, and like, why orange juice? If you need to be hydrated on a hike, I don't think orange juice is what you should be using. <laughs> I think it's called water. So that was just weird. And like, he kept trying to kiss me and I just wasn't into it. You don't want an orange juice breath kiss? Ugh. It was just like, <laughs> like that literally turned, like his, <laughs> that date turned me off dating for like a full year. I was just like. This is not for me. I'm just going to be single forever. So those are my two stories. Nothing Wait, too was crazy. that the same guy who had the flip phone? Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, he had a flip phone in like, what was that, 2017? And it's just like, sir, you are my age. This is not okay. We don't have flip phones. Anymore. I literally said I was going to judge people. And here I am. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, enjoy your flip phones. I'm sure if you do have a flip phone, you are not listening to our podcast because it would be very difficult for you. I guess you'd have to listen it to it through your computer. So, But how could they have a computer with Wi-Fi? The government can track them. That's why they don't have a smartphone. That's so true. Oh, my God. So they don't know I'm making fun of them. Ha ha, suck it. <laughs> okay. That was our discussion on 
dating. We really got into it there. It's a we, very passionate sub, sub, subject. Subject. We're having trouble with our words in this episode. Speaking is difficult. It is. It's very hard. So let's talk about some tips. Do you have any tips on dating for our listeners? For me, it's be decisive. I like to come to the table, even with Sean now today, with an idea of something that I want to go do. I love that so much. It's so smart. It takes the... it. So something I've seen other couples struggle with is like complacency. Like, you get, like, mm-hmm. stuck in a rut of, like, doing the same things and going to the same places. And, like, there's that loss of spark or interest. And so I actively work to not have that. There's something special about, like, surprising Sean by making a reservation at, like, a restaurant we've been meaning to try. Or saying, hey, there's this market I would like to go to. Let's make a day out of it where we go to the market and we go to the specialty store that we've been meaning to go to that's nearby it or hey you up for a trip to Mazzaro's that's a good one always <laughs> we love Mazzaro's it's a little Italian grocery store that like makes the best sandwiches effort. yeah and it has so many good yeah anyway so my my tip is make a decision on something you want to do it's no different than making plans with friends whether it's like a new person or a person you're in a relationship with. Just just pick something you want to do. Present it to the person in question. They'll probably be thrilled that they don't have to come up with an idea themselves. I love it. And you're doing something you want to do. Yeah, exactly. It's like, then you don't have to be subjected to like doing something maybe they want to do. Not that not trying to be all like we need to just do what we want but like it is nice to be like hey let's do this thing and it's exactly the thing you want to do anyway exactly yeah so that's my tip what's your tip my tip is to be curious this is a little hard for me as an introvert who just sometimes has a hard time like connecting with people but when i think about when i approach dating and curious like with curiosity rather than like oh okay let me try to message this person I guess we connected like but just be like hey this is like a cool person I could get to know like maybe it doesn't lead to dating but like I could still find something like I can either get some cool experiences out it about I can either get some cool experiences out of it or I do meet somebody who's really cool that I date for a while or it's just helps me learn something about myself. But I think if you approach dating with a sense of curiosity and like learning more about this person you've connected with, cool things could happen. And it makes the dating experience, I think, a lot better in that way. Cool. I love that. Yay. All right, let's talk obsessions. What you obsessed with? Right now, I'm obsessed with online window shopping. Ooh. I know it's 2023 in listener world, but we're recording this pre-holidays. And since I can't drive myself to go physical shop, (laughs) I've been doing a lot of online window shopping. And I'm just, like, obsessed. There's a lot of fun things that you can buy on the internet in particular and I'm like so tempted to buy one for myself there's this company that I'm now getting remarketed by it's called big blanket company and the blanket is like bigger than like a king size bed oh my gosh that's amazing (laughs) that sounds awesome so I'm just like doing a lot of window shopping browsing that's my current obsession I'm just very grateful that there are alternatives for people who are either permanently or temporarily differently abled yeah what about you what what are you obsessed with right now i am going to continue our dating theme with my obsession which is right now i am obsessed with love is blind 
season three came out. Sign yourself up for the Tampa show. <laughs> Sign yourself up for the Tampa show. I would, but my one qualm with Love is Blind is that they only seem to cast people who are thin and beautiful and just people that probably have it a little easier in the dating world. Also, they seem to to cast people who are in their mid late mid 20s to early 30s so i'm just like i feel like i'm out of the demographic but i do know that they are like casting for a tampa show but season three released a few months ago at this point and i'm obsessed with it even though the whole premise of the show is ridiculous and the fact that everyone has to get married within a few months of meeting somebody is stupid (laughs) and like all of it is dumb but I'm there I'm here for the drama of it I love the messiness of it I love that like nobody really finds love because that's what all these dating shows end up being like nobody actually finds love right well there's also a lot of paid actors I don't know about Love is Blind, but a lot of those shows, it's like... Yeah, like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. Like, it's all just people who want to be influencers, so... But I'm obsessed with it right now. It's fun. It's stupid. And it makes me feel a little bit better about my dating life. (laughs) I love that for you. Thanks. All right. Well, that wraps up our first episode of Season 3. Thank you so much for listening to us talk about dating for way too long we had a lot to say for better for worse we talked about a lot of it yeah we would love it if you would leave a five-star rating or review on apple podcast for our show because it helps people learn all about who we are and what we're doing and maybe gets us to the top of the charts (laughs) probably not but we will be discoverable that way. So it's helpful to us, please. Yeah. We're also on Instagram at The Friendship Paradox. So you can connect with us there. And I guess that's all. We'll see you next week. I'm Stephanie. I'm Bree. Thanks for hanging out with The Friendship Paradox. Bye-bye.